Good evening, everyone. It's Necro Thursday, which means it's time for another action-packed episode of the Necromaniacs Horror Podcast. How's it going, Mike? It is going well. What's up, everybody? Like Mr. Hill said, you're listening to the Necromaniacs Podcast. It is Necro Thursday. We're coming at you every single freaking Thursday. Uh, things are well. It is uh, September, mid-September. We've got a little bit, we've got a week of summer left, according to the the calendar, right, Mike? A week, a week left. Yeah, today today felt like a late summer day. You know what I mean? It did. It totally did. You know. Uh I I for me it's still summer in, in my head and in my heart. Uh, because I had, you know, I had a good summer this year, as opposed to like, you know, the last two, I would say. But uh yeah, things are good. I um I'm watching my my House of the Dragon and I'm enjoying that. Have you you you've been digging it? Yeah, I I have um been watching it. My uh uh Tina J is um mm-hmm. a huge fan of Game of Thrones, so we've been watching those on Sundays together. Awesome. Um it's interesting. I feel like there's going to be some more jumps in time. I mean, I don't know I mean, look, look, I I didn't read a bunch of what they are going to do this particular season because I do like being surprised every Sunday, you know, but it looks like there's going to be more time jumps, which is very interesting. Do you like that? Um, not really. I don't like when Hmm. they do that, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not, I never read any of the books or anything like that. So I don't really know, you know, what's going on, like how, how faithful it is if they do that in the books, but, uh. Hey, I'm open. So far, I like it. So far, yeah. I like it a little bit more than Rings of Power, actually. Ah, see, I have not touched Rings of Power yet. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the uh, you know the 2000s films. Um, I have not touched it yet. I do plan on checking it out. Uh, I'm I'm watching House of the Dragon and I'm watching Rick and Morty, which a new season of that has has begun. I'm a big Rick and Morty fan. Um, low-key season i feel like there's not as much hype on the show as there used to be but that doesn't really matter to me i'll still watch it um and i'm behind i'm I'm many episodes behind on what we do in the shadows although i do love that show as well oh i I got it i haven't even started watching that again that yet i I love that show i thought it was great yeah yeah i've been i've been also watching the mets uh i like the new york mets mike as you you might recall oh yeah yeah um They had a, a a wonderful August, and things things are getting a little scary in September. But you know they're, they're not completely done just yet. We're gonna we're gonna see what happens. Just taking it one game at a time for the old New York Mets. That's that's probably the only sports talk you'll ever hear out of me ever. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I don't really watch team sports. I mean, uh, my dad is a huge football fan, and um, like uh-huh. if, I'm, if I'm like at visiting them. I'll watch football with my dad, you know, and, and we'll kind of fall back into it. Like, I, I know all the rules and everything because back when I was a kid, I played football for a while. But uh, Oh, okay. I can see that, Michael. I can see you playing <laughs> some football. I don't know why. I can see it. Yeah, so, uh, I was a terrible baseball and basketball player. That's about it. Yeah, terrible. Fo- football, it was really, and wrestling were like the only things I really did when I was a kid as far as like sports went. Uh-huh. Yeah, then I realized I was terrible at basketball, and I, I quit. And I stuck around baseball a little bit. 
and then I found heavy metal, and then that was pretty much all it for the sports. That's oh, yeah. pretty much exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I started playing bass guitar and wanted to be, you know, Nikki Six and Steve Harris initially. That was <laughs> that was my initial twelve year old goal. Actually, that was that was the goal at around twelve. Um. Anyway, listeners, uh, I, I would be remiss without wishing our Necromaniacs co-host a happy birthday. It is Jeff's birthday today. Uh, I'm not sure when you're all going to hear this, but we, we have to just wish Jeff a happy birthday, right, Mike? Yeah, he turns uh, 22 years old uh, today. He's 22 years old. He is the youngest uh, <laughs> member of the Necromaniacs team. He's a very young man. And, uh, yes, I hope you have a great birthday, Jeff. They, they were a hard 22 years. It's a hard 22. Yeah, it's a hard 22. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But um, um, we got it. We got to do the plugs, man. We must plug, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's run it down, man. So we got Monday, the Horror Wolf Six 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 podcast. Which uh, mm -hmm. you know, you would think that since it's another horror podcast, that there might be uh, a conflict, but there really isn't, man. Like Brandon is focused more on interviews. Yeah, and, it's yeah. different. It's yeah, a different it's a, show. It's a very Our different shows show. Are nothing alike, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, so we're comrades. And we talk, yeah. we talk about movies and that's, and we, you know, that, that's uh we should have him on as a, as a co-host one time. I think it'd be great. Maybe we do like a, you know, three of us or four of us or whatever. Yeah. Get like a top, that would be fun. Maybe have him involved in the uh, year end, like top uh, movies or something like that. That would be fun. We'll have him in one of our, our threesomes or foursomes, which yeah. sounds very dirty. Yes. We can do that. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, and then on Tuesday, Mike, who do we got on Tuesday? Into the Necrosphere, Jackie Smith. Oh, love it. Yeah. Great. Every week I look forward to that show. Um, it's like I don't listen to any other music podcasts, honestly. I listen to him and I listen to Axe to Grind that I mentioned the uh, last time we got together. And that's pretty much it for music for me. Yeah. There's some like music adjacent podcasts, which I'll I'll get to at the end of this list, I want to add a couple of people here, but there's okay. not, it's not specifically music. It's a music adjacent. It's, it's podcasts made by musicians that don't necessarily discuss music. So, you know, we'll move on. Okay. Um, on Wednesday, we have none other than Mr. Mike Hill's own. Everything went black, which is quite different from the necromaniacs podcast as well. Right, Mike? Yeah, it's it's uh, very general, very broad. Talk about music. We got writers on there. It's not specifically a heavy metal podcast, um, mm -hmm. but it's it's music that's very uh, you know deliberate. Let's say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, anything goes. On Thursday, you have well, of course, the Necromaniacs podcast. What you're listening to right now, and we thank you for listening. Uh, and on Friday, we have none other than my very own flesh and blood, Mr. John Draper's Break the Apocalypse podcast, which I urge you to check out if you have not already. And we now have a weekend uh, compatriot. Is that the right word, compatriot? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he puts out his, uh, his shows on Sundays, and that's mm -hmm. uh, Carl Hikara, Soul Knox. And that's... Yeah. It's fitting that it's on a Sunday because, uh, you know, Sunday, the day of the Lord, and most mm -hmm. of his podcasts have to do with, uh, you know, the occult 
and uh, stuff like that. So it's oh, yes, it's kind of cool. Interesting, interesting little play there. Yeah, and I'd also like to uh, to add Iblis Manifestations, which does not have a regular day that it comes out, but mm-hmm. my, my my buddy Cheyenne does that from the band Trivax, and uh, mm-hmm. it's quality stuff. It's in some ways similar to Soul Knox. He talks a little bit about music. He talks about the occult. He talks about you know, kind of uh, self-improvement, you know, stuff like that. Definitely check that out. All these are, ve- are available wherever you listen to podcasts. They're all four horsemen of the apocalypse, even though there's more more than four of us right now, approved. We're all mm-hmm. making a united statement here with all this stuff that we got coming out. And uh, yeah, and yeah it's, it's, it's going strong. You know, I, I have a, I have a, a, a plea. Uh, for the listeners, I, I mean, I'm kind of looking for a podcast that I'm not even sure exists because I feel like I've tried to f- see if it exists and I found things that kind of scratch the itch, but not really. I'm looking for a podcast that does nothing but talk about death and black metal of the 1990s, Michael. Oh, wow. That's okay. It. Like a retro one. Yes. That death and black metal. Oh, it could be, or it could be one that is. A, a death metal focused one or a black metal focused one that concentrates on the 90s um, because that is probably my favorite era for both of those genres sure. um, yeah. you know as a as a 47 year old who lived both through both of those genres in those decades and is still living them today thank you thank you very much but yeah I like hearing uh, from that era stories about that era bands etc um so listeners if you know of something like that that exists let me know via instagram and i'm going to give us a little instagram plug i tell you last time we shared our personal instagrams and i don't know about you but i added a bunch of new pals michael and everyone has been very cool yeah yeah definitely um so yeah i'm on instagram under inh722 that's i nh722 at the old instagram and uh mr hill if you want to plug yours go right ahead michael underscore dc underscore hill that's me and of course if you're not following us already but i think some of you are necromaniacs podcast over at the old instagram and on facebook that is the housekeeping for the episode. What do you say, Mike? Oh, yeah. Oh, the word, we did a great job on that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. We did. We did. Pat ourselves on the back right there. But um, well, tonight. I, uh, I, had, I had an action-packed weekend, though. That's actually you kind did. of important, man. I, I, went to the, uh, I went to the Mahonic Drive-In, which. Uh, oh, nice. In Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, yeah. And for those of you um, on the East Coast, that's the, the one of two drive-ins that still shows 35 millimeter prints sick yeah the oh, other wow. the other one is uh quentin tarantino's uh new beverly out in los angeles oh and, man uh, sim- you know, this one's dedicated to old, old genre films like there's not they never show new movies there because they don't come out on a 35 millimeter anymore so um mm-hmm. yeah, i met up with my uh you know alex came out he's the guy who urged me to go this weekend we've been trying to line something up for a while He's a regular patron of it. And finally, I went out there uh, with Tina J. She's the one with all the camping equipment. And uh, we went and checked it out. 
caught the craft and scream double feature and it was a lot of fun very cool last year i went to the overlook drive-in in poughkeepsie new york which is a lot of fun but this sounds even cooler hmm. yeah it's it's it was it was great man we camped out it, you know it's like an hour and a half from here um you know i i got a tour of the facility because alex is friends with some of the people that run the place and i got to look at the projectors and the whole breakdown of everything and how everything works and um yeah it just this is a great time man it was is if you, if you live in the new york new jersey pennsylvania area or if you want to take a road trip and camp out over the weekend definitely check out the mahonic driving it's like a one-of-a-kind mm. place man it really is uh maybe me and stella can do that we uh we went to see deicide last week mike and nice. that was a lot of fun oh yeah uh i i think the last time i saw them maybe between eight and ten years ago um but this time they played legion their second record front to back and it was fucking great and then after that they played you know a bunch of the hits from uh the first album and of course from uh once upon the cross they did uh i mean it, it was just fucking great the band sounded great uh glenn's vocals sounded great and it literally might have been one of my favorite times seeing them and i and i have seen them a bunch it was you know packed show um yeah a lot of fun and i i've, I've landed on something that i i had fluctuated on that i like legion better than the debut how about that yeah it's a powerful record man Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's just like front to back. It's kind of like their rain and blood. It's like shorter than the debut. It's a short record. Actually it is. It's like under 30 minutes Legion, but every song is just like this fucking attack, you know? Um, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. Awesome time. And, uh, we also went to, uh, this goth festival, uh, gathering of crows at the bowery ballroom uh one night was at the mercury lounge on the friday which we didn't go to and the saturday night was at uh, bowery ballroom and we saw this band um that i oddly enough discovered on, on a black metal message board called uh, nuovo testamento who kind of like this throwback synth pop you know italian disco kind of style band and they were really great actually um so yeah that was a lot of fun that's awesome man what where uh there was that what, what venue was that at again uh bowery uh ballroom oh cool right on yeah yeah uh not to be confused with bowery electric which is uh, a few blocks away it's that's the smaller venue bowery ballroom is about like like about a 500 person uh, capacity good room yeah i actually saw ghost there in 2010 so oh yeah or totally. 2011 yeah yeah so uh yeah great venue i'm not a fan of ghosts but uh but i it's it, it's cool to sit to i've seen them in a small venue like that yes uh this was when they were you know first album i like that first album so yeah yeah you know different different vibe on them back then let's just say so tonight's uh to the, you know, tonight, tonight's, that they are now yeah. <laughs> sorry so tonight's episode is um it's a new movie it's a Shutter exclusive, yeah. and um, we're going to spoil the ending. So, if you want to watch the movie first before you listen to this, go ahead. 
or if you want to listen along, we're going to give you guys a warning when we're about to spoil the ending and you can peace out, come back and listen to it or whatever. So it's a new movie. The ending is like very important. So, um, yeah, we're just going to, we're going to proceed. We're talking about this movie in its entirety, but we're going to give you guys a heads up when the spoilers are coming. So we don't ruin it for you. Yeah. Um, this movie, I mean, I guess just kind of came across the radar as I was looking for something new on the old shutter app. And, uh, I like the title a lot. And that title is who invited them from director and writer, Duncan Birmingham, uh, Mr. Birmingham making his uh, feature film debut here. Who invited them? It's got a cool poster. Um, and Mike and I had, had talked a little bit about this before we, you know, kickstarted the show off off air about how lately a lot of the Shutter uh, originals have been quite solid, right, Mike? Yeah, we did what Josiah saw. That was like that. That was incredible. I thought that was like yeah. Know, I would I would love to have seen that in a theater. To be honest. Mm. No, definitely. Um, I think I just remember last year where we, we kind of found a few that were just eh, not really so great um, that were still kind of getting championed. And you and I were just like, oh, what, like I guess we're seeing a different movie, you know, whereas I feel like this year I'm taking these shots, these like chances on these movies and I'm coming away happy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, this year we had Hellbender by our friends mm-hmm. in the Adams family. That was incredible. I mean, I, I love those guys. That was a good movie. Yeah. I'm looking forward to their next film. We had Mad God, which was just another mm-hmm. Shutter exclusive, which um We didn't love. We didn't but love it. It's a good, it's good, you know. But it was I felt like it was one of those things where I don't I don't know if it was if I liked it, but it felt important to see it. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Good assessment. Yeah. You know, and then and of course, yeah, like you said, you know, what Josiah saw, uh, which we enjoyed the hell out of. And uh, we figured we would take another shot at another new one with who invited them. Bit of a home invasion flick, right, Mike? Yes, with with uh, some twists. Mm-hmm. And um, it was very good characters, I thought, too, in this one. Yeah. Now, would you go as far as to say it was, it's a horror comedy? I, I think I would say it. I, I think so. But not super heavy on the comedy. But it's it's... It's got some a lot of comedic moments, I thought. Yeah, the comedy, I thought, was a really good element. It wasn't like a laugh-out-loud type of comedy, but no. the comedy was there, which made it seem more realistic in like uh, mm-hmm. the sense where, you know, you're at a party, you know, you, you're with people, and sometimes people are funny, you know, and that, that's, that's how the comedy was being used in this. You know, there weren't like broad comedic elements in it. It was just mostly dialogue. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're throwing a housewarming party and you've got kooky neighbors that show up or kooky coworkers or, or whatever, I mean, sure, there's bound to be some laughs, you know, even, even amidst a horror film. I mean, hell, uh, Last House on the Left has comedy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, you know, there's comedy in lots of pretty brutal movies. Um, not to say this movie was brutal, Um but I thought the comedy was not like something that made me roll my eyes or anything like that. It was just a good part of the movie, let's just say, right? Yeah, yeah. So so this came out uh, September 1st, 
2022. Mm. So this is like a brand new film. You know, it's just brand came new, out yeah. in the States. It's uh, one hour and 21 minutes. So it's a little on the short side. Um, mm -hmm. The cast is Ryan Hansen as Aaron. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Ryan Hansen as Adam. Mm -hmm. uh, Melissa Tang as Margot, his wife. And then we have mm -hmm. another couple, Timothy Grand, Grand, Granaderos as Tom mm -hmm. and his wife, Perry Matfield as Sasha. Okay. Now there's, a, there's more people in the film, but essentially the whole movie is really these four people. Yeah. Um, I would say as, as a minor fifth, as they say, haha, music reference, uh, Teeny played by actress Tipper Newton, who is uh, the friend of Margot and her husband, uh, Frank, played by Barry Rothbart, um, and the son of Adam and Margot, Dylan, played by Kalo Moss. That's pretty much the whole movie here, folks, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But most of the action takes place between the two couples. You know what I mean? Correct. So a brief setting here. So Adam and Margot just moved into this house. Okay. And uh, it's like this, you know, they're concerned that it's above their means, this and that, you know, and, you know, they're probably uh, older professionals. I would say young, older, young, young aging, young professionals. Yeah. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. Late 30s, early 40s, like late 30s, early 40s yeah. at max. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, they have this like swank new house. It's in this, um, you know, nice neighborhood. Uh, you know, Margo's, uh, you know, anxious that they're living above their means. Yet Adam did not share with her how they came across owning such a house. Mm -hmm. for a good price. Yeah. yeah. For a good price. You know, so apparently, and this is revealed as the movie goes on, there was a murder in the house. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, as you know, uh, that affects the uh, value of a home if there's a murder and they have to, the real estate people have to disclose that. So that was disclosed to Adam, but he didn't share that information with Margo, his wife. <laughs> what a so. shock. It, it's a double murder, actually. Like, yeah. uh, a, you know, turns out a, a, a husband and wife uh, killed each other, apparently, in the home. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it's a typical party. Uh, there's a bunch of, um, you know, late thirties or early forties, you know, professional types, you know, but, but they're not, they're like the cool professionals. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. one guy might be like an architect and like, you know, someone else probably works in media or something like that. You know, it's not right. like, right. yeah, you know, these like cool people, you know what I mean? But they're like not too cool, you know, but <laughs> right. they're, but they're pretty cool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And um, so the party, uh, you know, drags on and, you know, little by little people are leaving. And um, there's one couple left that they just disappeared. They, they appeared. They were in the book. Both of them were in the bathroom. And that's Tom and mm -hmm. Sasha. All right. So they're like, well, who, who, you know, they couldn't figure out who invited them. Hence the title of the movie, Who Invited Them. Yeah. Um, they They kind of reveal that they were. Oh, you know, we were having sex in the bathroom, kind of, and they're like, "What?" You know, <laughs> it's like this, this, you know, attractive, strange couple at our party, and, and you know, we don't know who you are, and you just told us we have, you know, you were having sex in the bathroom, 
And then what they do is, you know, they, they pull a ruse that they are the neighbors next door, right? Right, exactly. But they, yes. So they which just invited themselves over. Right, which instead, you know, it, it makes them definitely be a little less panicked that these strange people were in their home. And it turns out they reveal themselves as neighbors who wanted to kind of just stop by, right? And, you know but got kind of caught up in the party or uh, was that it? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact plot point of, of how they said that they, they came to the home. Yeah. They just showed up. They crashed the party figuring they live next door and it, they could just roll up, you know, now what's interesting is, um, you know, obviously Adam, Margot, Tom and Sasha, you know, and they're, they're actors. So they're attractive people, but yes. Adam and Margot are more like normal, you know, good looking people. Like he's got time. Adam's got like a beard, you know, and Margot is kind of dressed down somewhat compared to Sasha, but Tom, yes. Tom and Sasha are like very stylish, very put together, you know? So there's, there's yeah, this, uh, a teeny remark. They look like they've gone to a sexy funeral or something. Yes. Uh, is the term. Yes. Now, the funny thing is I actually found Teeny to be the most attractive out of uh, the three women that were that were in this uh, in this this movie. Played by uh, actress Tipper Newton. Yeah, she was very cute. Yeah. Um, her IMDb file. Very, very attractive woman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So they uh, they're, they're they're the the couple that doesn't leave. You know, I, I I'm I'm not I've never really entertained anyone at my at any of the places i lived at so it's uh you know i, I don't i've never been stuck in this position where you know, right. we're, we're having a party and and someone refuses to leave you know maybe, maybe i've been that person who doesn't leave you know <laughs> so that's the situation um, you know, well the thing is they start turning on the charm is um and, you know, they start drinking and then they say, oh, um, well, well, Sasha says to Margo, we weren't really having sex in there. We're doing cocaine. And then Margo has this shocked look on her face. And then the shocked look turns to, uh, do you still have some? I thought that was a, that was funny. I thought I thought that was very funny. Now, the you know. thing about Margo that gets revealed in her interaction with Sasha is that she used to be a musician. Mm. You know, and they also have a kid, Adam and Margo. Okay, so yeah. um, here's the thing about the, at, at the very beginning of the movie, uh, folks, the opening scene is like uh, what is a, a, a dream that Dylan has that his parents, Adam and Margot, are killed, um, which I thought was an interesting setup. Right. Um, it's almost like a bit of a I mean, a bit of a red herring in a way. Um, there's a bunch of red herrings in this movie, by the way. Um but I think they, I don't know, they ultimately, Dylan isn't used very much in this movie, Mike, right? Like, I feel like he's a part of the, the plot, but ultimately not so much. Did you think so? You know, I thought that that was one of the, one of the criticisms I had is like, I feel like that whole part of him having the dream mm -hmm. and even having him in the film at all really wasn't didn't didn't advance the plot at all no not really except for the one aspect that we'll get to about teeny having to return to the home 
uh, Tini and her husband Frank are watching the son Dylan, by the way, um, which is why Margot and Adam are able to have this party with all adults there. So that's important, right? right. Yes. So, yeah, I don't know. I just felt the, the Dylan character was, I don't know, just not completely utilized. But um, again, as Mike pointed out, the movie's really about four people, the two couples, the husband and wife, who are maybe a little. Little stiff, and the the partying, mysterious, sexy, party crashing couple. Yeah, that's that's the crux of the movie here. And um, this is where the the strength of the movie is the interaction between all four of these characters. Actually, yeah, totally, totally. A good acting job, I think, and good good writing. I thought the script was good. Yeah. Um, and. It, it's it's almost like you know you're kind of buying it like you're you're kind of buying that this could happen in, you know in in la somewhere or wherever where you have these two you know nice homes next to each other and you know one couple next door decides to crash the party of the other it's not completely out of the realm of possibility right the thing i really liked about it was um you can tell that uh, Tom and um, and Margot, you know, they, they were a little little wild, maybe in their younger years. You know, Mar- yeah. Margot Margo talks about doing coke and being in a band, and you know, and all yeah. this stuff, and and how you know now that she has a baby, she can't. She gave up music, and you know, she's she's playing guitar for for Margot uh, for um for Sasha, and uh, it it's just interesting to me. I mean, they. It's it's now I don't know about you. You well, actually probably you you probably experienced this too, Mike. When you're working in an office, mm-hmm. and this is more like when I was younger, like in my twenties maybe or early thirties, and most people in your office are pretty stiff and boring, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's like a one or two or maybe one lady that's really cool, but not as cool like in the way that you're you know like it's not that cool but cool for an office right you know? yeah than the rest no no always yeah there's always yeah. definitely someone that you might get along with a little better or someone that you might just like a bit more because they're more fucking human right yeah and they, they're into stuff too you know they're not yeah. just into like country and western music or something stupid like yeah. that you know not just whatever's on the radio you know what i'm saying it's not like one of those people no i i get it yeah and and the fact that I'm bringing this up, it really really is a testament to how well written the script is. Because I, I was assembling like a whole backstory for for Margot, you know, mm-hmm. be, as a result of that. And the same thing with uh with with Adam, her husband. You know, they were like, uh-huh. yeah, he's a little bit more more reserved. She was probably you know a little bit more of a rager when they met, and slowly their lives became very normal. They they left the city you know at some point you imagine them living in a city in an urban environment and now they're yep. out in in um you know the suburbs like a richer suburb now in this nice house exactly yeah um they start drinking and you know partying and what happens is they start revealing things to each other like adam reveals to tom uh, the reason how they got such a house like this, because he tells them about the murders. And then he even tells Tom that he never told Margot about the murders. So that's very important, right? Yes. 
And Margot reveals to Sasha that she used to do cocaine. And then Margot reveals to Sasha about how she had a relationship with her old bandmate, right? That's right. And it was a sore spot for Adam. And, you know, you can, as the film viewer, you can totally see that Timothy and uh, that Tom and Sasha are trying to rile them up, so to speak, right? They're, 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 they're working on them for a specific reason. Uh, we don't know what that reason is just yet, but we do obviously find out what that reason is. So it's it's kind of like, you know, not super slow buildup, but if, if you're an educated film viewer, you can kind of see where this is going, right? And also for anyone who's been listening to this show for any length of time knows that I personally like dialogue heavy films. Yeah. You know, it it's almost like a John Cassavetes movie or something, you know what I mean? Like like the interaction between these four people is very uh reminiscent of something that could have been from the seventies, I think. Yeah, I get that. Totally. And it's it's also almost like a, a bit of a of a relationship couples therapy horror film <laughs> yeah. in a way. Yeah, totally. You know, because because there are moments where it gets it gets kind of very real and like you I, I, I kind of felt really bad for for Tom I mean for Adam at one point for some of the things Margot says to him and just kind of belittles him as like a man and a husband and but she says it out of anger and she has her reasons for saying it but that was it was like a little bit of a oh man a little cringy moment but not cringe that the movie sucks cringe that you feel bad for the character. Yeah, it got re very real, like you were saying, you know, very real. And and that's one of the things I really appreciated about the movie is that you, you have like two very human characters, you know, I mean, and then you have their, their foils, Tom and Sasha, you know, who are real, but they're not, they're not what they appear to be. Like their whole thing is a projection, everything that they're presenting to Adam and Margot is a facade and a projection. So they're presenting like a hyper idealized version of what they think they need to be to interact with Adam and Margot. So it's real interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, a, a, another thing that gets done to kind of rile them up is that like Tom kind of gets Adam to say how attractive he thinks Sasha is. <laughs> and Tom, if you want to sleep with her, you can, you know, neighbors, for sure. And that whole thing, and right, the like it's <laughs> moments. And Sasha convinces Margot to actually call up the ex that she hasn't talked to in over 10 years because she's married and has a kid, and that's kind of uncomfortable because the, the ex boyfriend sounds like he's flirting with her like immediately, right? Yeah, totally, man. And you left out one important thing though about the interaction with uh, with Adam and Tom regarding <laughs> Sasha, where he's like. Oh yeah, you know I see you eye fucking her, you know, and he's like, you know, coerced him into saying that he wanted to have sex with her, but then he's like, you know, of course I have to watch, you know, I have to be there. So. <laughs> he doesn't say right. He just it just goes to those kind of funny, uncomfortable places, and yeah. which again <laughs> worked. You know, saying I thought it worked, I thought it was, it was pretty great. You know, fun, fun. It's a fun watch, as I said uh, before we got rolling. This was a fun watch, um, but. Again, I have to say, as an experienced horror film watcher, an experienced film watcher, I kind of called it, as they say, as opposed to uh, regarding who Tom and Sasha were. Did you? No. And that, that's what 
I, I, I did not, I had no fucking idea what was going on, dude. Honestly, there was, all right. So now we're, we're verging into, um, into spoiler territory, right? Now. Yeah. You know that. Yes. Okay. So, so anyone out there who doesn't want to listen to the rest of the show, you know, you can hit pause or stop or whatever, and then come back. If you're, if you, if you, so far, if this is interesting to you, stop listening and watch yeah. the movie and then come back and listen to this. Cause it's, it's actually really good. Yeah, it's an right. hour and 20 minutes, by the way, which is so refreshing these days. Uh, something else worth mentioning. So um, I'm going to count it down. Okay, so three, <laughs> two, one. Spoiler territory now. All right. Now, Mike, there was a point where I thought that Tom and Sasha were actually ghosts. Ah, Okay. Yeah, I actually read somebody uh, read a little write up that that thought that as well. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the the write up said something to the effect of this was going one of two ways. Tom and Sasha are the children of the the dead couple from the the home, which is why they got the home so cheap, or they're not there, or they're or they're like ghosts or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. And it turns out that it was option A. Um, it is, it is, in fact, their parents who, who died. Um, and and the, the wild thing is that we, we learned is that it was pretty much the doing of the psychotic Tom and Sasha that the parents even died. It was like they pretty much drove their parents to kill each other. So, yeah, it gets, it gets to like this really kind of cool, wild place. Yeah, so that, that's basically what they were trying to do with Tom, with uh, Adam and Margo. They were, they were running that yeah. game on them, basically. <laughs> basically, to get them to kill each to get them to get really mad at each other so that they'll they'll do something really drastic. Um, there's another point in the movie where they, they, you know, once they've got them riled up at each other and, and Margo's telling Adam that he's weak and that he kisses his boss's ass and it makes her sick and blah, blah, blah. Um, they get them to, like, you know, play this like punching game and i was like oh my god this this is not going to end up well um but adam and margo are not as dumb as they seem right mike definitely not but they definitely fell into the traps that were being set for them for the most yeah. part for the most part and then but once they discover what was going on uh you know they were they were pretty clever at figuring it out you know yeah, I mean, but once, I mean, at some point they do go, okay, enough is enough, get the fuck out of our house, right? Yes. Um, And I feel like at that point, it's like, well, do they, I mean, you know, we don't know that they actually don't really live next door yet. So it's like, I was thinking to myself, like, okay, do they, like, I literally was thinking, where where do they really live? Like you know what I'm saying? Like where, what's their whole get up? And are they looking to kill the couple themselves? Like you know what I'm saying? There's all these like little unanswered questions in my head. Actually, they never really tell you where they lived. <laughs> you know? Oh, no, and I guess it's not that important. Um, but they do pretend that they live next door, so they go to the home next door. Uh, where it turns out another couple lives who are being tortured and killed, of course, by 
<laughs> um, um, and Sasha, right, Mike? Yeah, they do this thing where they're like, oh, let's let's make sure they get in okay. So they're watching them cross the street mm-hmm. and then open the door. And it's like, oh, is, uh, you know, is Tom having trouble with his key? Because he's mm-hmm. jiggling the key to the door and then he it finds his way in. Okay, so now, you know, it turns out that you know, there there was a moment where I was like, "Well, how the fuck is this guy have the key if that's not their house?" But then we find right. out that they have the um, the inhabitants of that house tied up, so he must have taken the key from them. Yeah, this is where the movie kind of reminded me a bit of that. Well, what's that fucking movie called? Um, something games, whatever. Oh yeah, F- uh, funny, funny, funny games or something like that. Yeah, the American version and, and the, the European version. Yeah, mind me a little bit. It is not that over the top though. It is not that like fucked up, right? I mean, I feel like this is a bit more lighthearted than that movie. It's it, that movie gets super dark, but it's a little comparable to that, and a little comparable to Knock Knock. Would you say? Yeah, yeah, it, it's of that same ilk of those other films that you're mentioning. You know what I mean? It's definitely within that genre, I would say, subgenre. Yeah, and and hey, I'm I'm of the the small but proud camp that enjoyed Knock Knock. So yeah, that that could be why I enjoyed this movie. So yeah, uh, Adam, uh, Tom, and Sasha are you know lunatics basically, psychos and murderers. And, you know, they waited until the home that they grew up in was inhabited by a new couple to wreak havoc on a new couple, Um, which I don't know. I I thought that that was kind of like a cool twist, Um, because, again, like you said, you didn't really know exactly where this was going at one point. Right. Yeah, I I really did think they were going to turn out to be ghosts, honestly. Hmm. Or. Like maybe not necessarily the the children of the dead couple, but just you know, like I did, you know, there's all these little things to string together, and I thought ultimately they they were strung together well. Again, except the son angle, um, and and one other angle is, is Teeny, the the friend of Margot's, who ends up going back to the house because uh, Dylan left like a stuffed animal there, and right. they called up. You know, she wanted to bring it back. And what was the significance, Mike, of the, the the animal like that was hit by the car and she wanted to kill it, but she couldn't kill it? Yeah, those, those things, those threads really, I think, went nowhere, you know. Well, the only thing I'm thinking is that because she didn't use the rifle to kill the hurt deer or wolf, whatever the fuck it was. It was so dark, I couldn't see what kind of animal it was supposed to be, by the way. I, I you know, I literally couldn't make it out watching the movie. Um, and then ultimately she ends up using the gun at the end of the movie. Maybe that was it. I don't yeah, know. It, it was kind of, that was clunky, I thought. You know, that yes. significance of all that stuff was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, because she does make it back to the house, uh, this friend Teeny. Uh, amidst all the fucking chaos, right? She walks in on, you know, kind of the bloodbath that's kind of going on. And she uh, ultimately ends up shooting Adam, right? Yes. 
Um, but before that, she almost runs down Tom and Sasha, who are pretty much getting away from the scene of the crime of killing the real neighbors next door, right? Yep. And Tom attempts to stab Keeney as they're getting away. And it almost looks like she's dead because she is slumped over in the car and you hear the horn, but she's not dead, which I thought was interesting. I totally thought she was dead. Um, she gets up out of the car with a knife in her and pulls the shotgun out that's in the back seat of the car and ends up shooting Adam, who's who's also injured and right. I mean, it's just kind of like this chaotic ending, right, Mike? Yeah, definitely. A lot of stuff happens at the end. A lot of stuff happening. Um, so the interesting thing is that like Tom and Sasha are on the run. They get away. There's no, you know what I'm saying? There's no like kind of like happy cleanup for the moment, right? Right. Um, until it fades to black and it shows Adam driving his, his car and he's, you know, got some bandages on his face. He looks a little beat up, but he looks okay. And he hears on the radio about the, the you know, this murderous couple that went on a rampage and that who I, I believe it says that they're on the, on the loose or on the run and blah, 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 uh, from the, the, these murders that they committed. And we basically see Adam drive up to the house, the, the same house that they were living in. But there is a police detective in the driveway who we assume is monitoring the home in case, you know, Tom and Sasha come back. Now, this is a very interesting, super spoiler moment. Uh, I'm about to reveal. Um, I said to Mike before we got rolling that I had to kind of rewind and go back to this scene because it looks like the cop in the car who has these sunglasses on is actually dead in the car and not just kind of kicking back with his sunglasses on. What did you think, Mike? Well, yeah, at first, but then I, di I didn't go back and watch it again, but I figured that he was, uh, after I saw what happened afterwards that he yes. was, he'd been killed. Okay. Cause we go into the house. Now this is another like slight thing that I yeah. had a little bit of an issue with. If I'd gone through all that stuff and discovered that there was like a, you know, a brutal multiple murder in the house, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have stayed. I would have, I would have found another place to live, man, but they decided yeah. to stay. Nobody would stay. Uh, the police would probably recommend you don't stay. It's still a crime scene because the people are on the loose, yeah, right? Yeah. Yep. A little bit of a little bit of a stretch there that they're still there living in the fucking house, right? Um, so yeah, so Adam comes home and, and Margot's in like a good mood and she's, you know, doing something with flowers and, and there's music on in the background. And uh, there's a scene earlier in the film. Uh, Adam is a big vinyl collector, record guy much like myself and Mike probably. Yeah. And just the different genres of music. Um, and uh, a song is playing that was playing when Sasha and Tom were at the house, but this, you know, the record was skipping and Adam notices that it's not skipping anymore, which triggers him. Like, why is it not skipping? You know, but Margot is barely paying attention. She's kind of in her own world. She seems happy and normal. And uh, right before that, um, she tells Adam that she doesn't want to leave the house, right? Yeah, she wants to stay. And that, and that Dylan, their, their son, stopped having nightmares, too. Yes, yes. Uh, the nightmares, again, which, I, you know, kind of a flat plot point. Um, and Adam also notices uh, the, the uh, drink that Tom was drinking 
was it was it Manhattan, the old fashioned? Yes. Uh, Adam was making old fashions during the party. And uh, Tom remarked how good the old fashions were. And sure enough, there's like an old fashioned sitting right by the record player. So Adam is holding it up and he's kind of freaking out and has this kind of horrified look on his face. And the movie ends. Um, I thought that was a really cool ending because you're pretty much left with that. Oh, yeah. Tom and Sasha are back in the house. Right. Yes, I, I love the ending. Now, now, yeah. real quick about that. The record. The record is. uh what about the song is called "What About Us" by a band called the Handsome Furs? Okay, <laughs> now that that's like totally fits in line with what I was saying about these people. Like, you know, like you're in the office. There's like a lady that you work with who's like cool, mm-hmm. not, but not that cool, but still pretty cool. She likes other types of music, and she might be into like Interpol or something like that. And, and that's what what this record that is like that you know it's like this kind of hipstery yeah it's like a know? hipstery thing it's like cool compared to like normal conservative people but it's like not that cool really so right, early, right. earlier during the party that the record skipping like you mentioned and then tom was like oh yeah man i'll get you another one you know i'll get you one that doesn't skip and then and uh yeah. And then Adam is like, oh, well, this is actually a, a rare pressing or whatever, you know. So that that's why that ties up like that at the end, that it's not skipping and he's so bent out of shape. And then it just cuts and the movie's yeah. over, man. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I, I did just go back and rewatch that one part where he passes the policeman in the driveway because, you know, he, in my opinion, he was not sleeping. He was dead. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I felt like, I mean, it's it's a home invasion movie, a little bit of horror comedy movie. Um, just kind of an easy watch, I felt. Like, easy to just kind of put it on. You know, you're not going to spend the whole time looking at your fucking watch or anything. I think you're, you're going to enjoy it. You'll get through it. Is it the best movie? No. Is it the best Shutter original? No. But I thought it was fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was strong, especially for this guy's first feature, and it makes me want to pay attention to what he does next, honestly. Duncan Birmingham, the director yeah. and writer. Absolutely. No, totally, totally. Um, you know, there's, I, know, I feel like there's a lot of stuff, a lot of clutter out there, and you, you, you don't really know what to watch sometimes if you just throw on Shutter and you don't want to watch a movie you've seen 10 times already, right? Which to me is what the Shutter originals are geared at, right? They're geared at somebody who wants to watch something new or something that has a buzz on it, but doesn't just want to keep going back to watching, or you know, an old Argento, an old slasher, like you know what I'm saying, like a, a classic again. Because in my opinion, you you know, as much as I'm actually a, a stalwart for the old shit, without the new shit, this whole thing dies. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, just like me, you know? Yeah, I mean, I love old movies too, but I also love a lot a lot of the new stuff that's coming out, you know? There's a lot, there's a ton of great movies coming out and recently a lot of great stuff came out and and I, I um, this year, like we were mentioning, 2022, the Shutter exclusives are have been way better than they were last year, I thought. And that's great, you know? Totally, totally. So what would you score... 
Who invited them, Mike? Strong four out of five for me. Ah, I gave it a very strong 3.5 out of five. Worth seeing with a bullet. Um, some plot points that I thought were a little, you know, didn't go, go much anywhere. But not as awesome as, maybe not as great as a four, just right under a four. But highly recommended movie for me. Uh, enjoyable. Um, yeah, and I definitely would like to see what this director does uh, going forward, Duncan Birmingham. Um, wanted to say a little, little show note. Uh, after we covered what Josiah saw, uh, we had the director of the film add us on uh, Instagram and add me on Facebook. So That's how cool excellent. is that? That's great. Um, cool. He listened to the podcast and he really enjoyed it. So, you know, isn't that cool what, what social media can do, you know? Yeah, that's great, man. That that's awesome. I um, I'm happy when stuff like that happens. You know, it's, instead of maybe uh, or, organizing an insurrection or something like that, it's cool when social media actually does something positive. No, totally. Yeah. So, uh, what's up to Vincent Grashaw? And if you have not listened to that episode, shame on you. Check it out and check out Mr. Grashaw's film, What Josiah Saw. And another show note: um, our men episode. Uh, extremely well received and and a shit ton of uh listeners so thank you all for the the support on that episode um looks like a lot of people really enjoyed men too mike yeah that that was that's going to be on my list this year man for one of the best films of the year i gotta be honest you know i've been keeping a running tally as the year goes by but we got we had a whole onslaught of killer movies coming out between now and the end of the year so we'll see what's what you know we really do. I'm 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 holding out that that Halloween ends is going to deliver, and have a have a good ending to this this era of Halloween films. Uh, I think Terrifier two is going to be fucking solid. You know, I think Pearl is going to be solid. Um, and uh, announced was it yesterday or today? Uh, there's going to be a second follow up to X the film, right? Yes. Um, and the thing is, it, it's weird. Can you recall this ever happening where a movie will come out in one calendar year and both a sequel and a part three were, were kind of like, okay, it's going to happen. Maxine part three. Like I've never heard of this before. Never. It's kind of cool. They right. Didn't, they didn't even do that with Lord of the Rings, man. <laughs> I know. I know. So we have Pearl coming out next, which is goes back in time from X. X is in the 70s, folks. Pearl, I believe, is in the 50s or maybe even 40s, right? And the the final installment, Maxine, with a triple X, takes place in 1985. Uh, I have a feeling this is going to be a gangbusters set of films. What about you? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know... I, I enjoyed the hell out of X and I'm really looking forward to, um, to these two movies. I, I wonder yeah. it did, did it, did Pearl premiere yet? No. Uh, hold on. When does Pearl come out? So I got to see that in a theater, man, for sure. Oh. Give me one second. Doing these lookups live. As they say, Pearl movie. 2022. Oh, 
Well, it's playing in some places like Thursday, Friday. Actually. Oh, right, Friday. right. Yeah. You know what? There's a, there's a place on Staten Island that I heard about. September 16th, I believe. Hmm. Interesting. There's a theater on Staten Island that my friend Alex sent me um, information. Alex, Alex is a listener, too. So, hey, Alex, what's up? Thanks for the heads up. And for thanks for hanging out on Saturday night. The um Yeah, September sixteenth. Yeah, yep. yeah. There's a spot in Staten Island that's showing a double feature of X and Pearl. Oh wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I will not be yep. able to make it though on th- Thursday night, unfortunately. Uh well, I mean, honestly, the 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 time in between X was in the theater to hitting the on demand wasn't that long. And I, so I'm imagining Pearl will be out, I, you know, before the end of the year to watch it in your home. Yeah. But I'd like to see the theater. Uh, I think Maxine is not until next year. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, that makes sense. I mean, we, we, we don't want to go crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the Guinness Book of World Records kind of thing. Have, you know, three movies, one year. But, uh, you know, since I saw X in a theater, I got to see Pearl in the theater and I got to see Maxine in a theater. So that's just the way it's going to be, you know, for me, for me at least. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Terrifier 2 is going to get a theatrical as well. Uh, didn't see that. Did you? No, no, that that definitely did not make it to the I don't, I don't even know if that came out in the theaters when I the first one. Yeah, like, I think it was. Small, like you know, small runs. Uh, Terrify Two comes out October sixth. So yeah, mm. good stuff, so, man. Good stuff. Hell yeah. I can't but, imagine uh, who would show up to see that movie in a movie theater besides like you know guys <laughs> like me and you and some other weirdos. Bunch of weirdos, you know. <laughs> but, uh, actually, Terrifier has you know, he, he's kind of becoming an icon uh, slowly you know, with the Jasons and the Michaels and the Freddies. So I, I feel like his appeal is, is wide. It's a wide appeal. Yeah. Well, that, that's like, that was the point of art. The clown was to make mm-hmm. a new modern slasher hero, you know? Um, and I'm seeing the runtime for terrifier too. two hours, 28 minutes. Whoa. That's long for that kind of movie, man. That's interesting. Hmm. Let's see if it goes to some, some different places, as they say. Hmm. But hey, <laughs> so that it got to be good. She's yeah. in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. Melissa Rose fans here at Necromaniacs podcast. But uh, yeah, this uh, will wrap up another action packed episode of Necromaniacs podcast, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Thanks everyone out there for listening. And uh, next week, we're also going to have a another shutter exclusive that we're going to talk about and you'll have to wait till next week to find out about what we're what movie we're going to do but yeah we're, we're going deep on these shutter movies yes we are new shit covering new shit it was a, a whole slew of old shit we were covering and now we're covering new shit which is great but uh thank you all again so much and we will see you next time cheers everybody take care everyone